0: Hi, in the last podcast I talked about the making of the world and the making of Middle-earth and I mentioned that two of Tolkien's um, influences were Dante and Milton um, for different reasons. Uh, Dante in particular speaks about music and Milton talks about the creation of the world. Um, So what I'd like to do is talk about both of these and I'll use the Great Books of the Western World, volumes 19 and 29, when I'm talking about these influences. So let's begin with Dante. In Canto 7, Dante begins with this quote Hail, holy God of hosts, doubly illumining with a brightness the happy fires of these kingdoms. And this quote was made by the angels who surround God in heaven. In Canto 12, Dante again talks about. Um, not only light, but song. And I'm quoting at the beginning of Canto 12. As soon as the blessed flame took to speaking, its last word, the holy millstone, began to turn. And it had not yet made a full circle when a second enclosed it round, and matched motion with motion and song with song. Song which, in those sweet pipes, as much surpasses our muses, our sirens, as a first splendor, that which it throws back. In Canto 13, Dante again talks about music, and I'm quoting, There they sang not Bacchus and not Paeon, but three persons in the divine nature, and it and the human nature in one person. The singing and the circling completed each its measure, and those holy lights gave heed to us, rejoicing as they passed from care to care. So you can see in these quotes that Dante is also referencing referencing music in much the same way that uh, Tolkien references music in the Cimmerillion and in the creation of the world. The next quotation I'd like to talk about from Dante is in Canto 28, where he talks about the orders of angels. And later we'll discuss the orders of the Valar and the Maiar in the Cimmerillion. But first, I wanted to give you an idea of Dante's conception of the orders of the angels, and I'll quote from Canto 28. The next triad that thus flowers in this eternal spring, which nightly Ares does not despoil perpetually, sings Hosanna with three melodies, which sound in the three orders of bliss that form the triad. In this hierarchy are the next divinities, First, dominions, then virtues, and the third are powers. Then, in the two penultimate dances, the principalities and archangels circle. The last is holy of angelic sports. These orders all gaze upward and prevail downward, so that toward God all are drawn and all do draw. And Dionysius, with such great desire, set himself to contemplate these orders that he named and distinguished them as I, but Gregory afterward differed from him. Wherefore, as soon as he opened his eyes in this heaven, he smiled at himself. And if a mortal declared on earth so much of secret truth, I would not have you wonder, for he who saw it here on high disclosed it to him, with much else of the truth about these circles. And previous to that, Dante mentions that, quote, the first circles have shown to you the seraphim and cherubim, Thus swiftly they follow their bonds in order to liken themselves to the point as most they can, and they can in proportion as they are exalted in vision. Those other loves who go round them are called thrones of the divine aspect, because they terminated the first triad. And you should know that all have delight in the measure of the depth to which their sight penetrates the truth, in which every intellect finds rest from which it may be seen that the state of blessedness is founded on the act of vision, not on that which loves, which follows after. End quote. So here you can see that Dante is specifying the orders of the um, angels in much the same way that Tolkien talks about the um, orders of the Valar and the Maiar. Here's another um Reference in Dante to song, and this comes in Canto thirty-two, where they're talking about a vision of Mary. Quote, I saw such gladness rain down upon her, born in the holy minds created to fly through that height, that all I had seen before had not held me in suspense of such great marveling, nor showed me such likeness to God, and that love which they fir- which first descended there, singing. Ave Maria, Grazia plena, now spread his wings before her. On all sides, the blessed court responded responded to the divine song, so that every faith face became the brighter therefore, end quote. So in these quotations, we can see where Dante is talking about song and about lightness, and that the song, in a sense, illuminates all of heaven with its melody, and also um, becomes part of the heavenly uh, choir, or is is made up of the heavenly choir. We can see a likeness or correspondence with the Cimmerillion here. It's not a one-to-one correspondence, but it's similar. Now let's turn to Milton. And as I said earlier, Milton in Paradise Lost talks about um, the creation of the world. And in many uh, respects, it's very similar to Genesis, but it's also reminiscent of the creation of the world and of Middle Earth in the Cimmerillion. It begins by God investing Jesus with the power to bring forth new creation. And Jesus, in his turn, makes use of the angels to help bring forth creation. So I'm going to begin um, in chapter seven where Raphael is talking to Adam and describing to Adam the events that came before Adam was created, and so let's begin with a um, a, a reading of Paradise Lost, and as I said, it, it, it bears a correspondence, although not one to one, with both the Gospel in, or excuse me with both Genesis and with the Simurgh. Quote, meanwhile the sun on his great expedition now appeared, girt with omnipotence, with radiance crowned of majesty divine. Sapience and love immense, and all his father in him shone. About his chariot numberless were poured cherub and seraph, potentates and thrones and virtues, winged spirits and chariots winged, from the armory of God were stand of old myriads between two brazen mountains lodged against the solemn day, harnessed at hand. Celestial equipage, and now came forth spontaneous, for within them spirit lived, attended on their Lord. Heaven opened wide, her ever-during gates, harmonious sound on golden hinges moving, to let forth the King of glory in his powered word and spirit coming to create new worlds. On heavenly ground they stood, and from the shore they viewed the vast immeasurable abyss, outrageous as a sea, dark, wasteful, wild, up from the bottom turned by furious winds and surging waves as mountains to assault heaven's height, and with the center mixed the pole. Silence, ye troubled waves, and thou deep. Peace, said the omnific word. Your discord end nor stayed but on the wings of cherubim uplifted in paternal glory rode far into chaos and the world unborn for chaos heard his voice him all his train followed in bright procession to behold creation and the wonders of his might then stayed the fervid wheels and in his hand he took the golden compasses prepared in God's eternal store to circumscribe this universe and all created things. One foot he centered, and the other turned round through the vast profundity obscure, and said, Thus far extend, thus far thy bounds. This be thy just circumference, O world. Thus God the heaven created, thus the earth. Matter unformed and void, darkness profound covered the abyss but on the watery calm his brooding wings the spirit of god outspread and vital virtue infused and vital warmth throughout the fluid mass but downward purged the black tartarious cold infernal dregs adverse to life then founded then conglobed like things to like the rest to several place disparted and between spun out the air and earth self-balanced on her center hung Let there be light, said God, and forthwith, light ethereal, first of things, quintessence pure, sprung from the deep, and from her native east to journey through the airy gloom began, sphered in a radiant cloud. For yet the sun was not, she in cloudy tabernacles sojourned the while. God saw the light was good, and light from darkness by the hemisphere divided. Light the day and darkness night, he named. Thus was the first day, even and morn, nor past uncelebrated, nor unsung by celestial choirs, when Orient light, exhaling first from darkness, they beheld. Birthday of heaven and earth, with joy and shout, the hollow universal orb they filled, and touched their golden harps, and hymning praise God's and His works, Creator hymn they sung, both when evening was and when first morn. Again God said, Let there be firmament among the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, expanse of liquid pure, transparent, elemental ale, diffused, and circuit to the uttermost convex of this great round, partition firm and sure, the waters underneath from those above dividing. For as earth So he the world built on circumfluous waters calm in wide crystalline ocean, and the loudness rule of chaos far removed, lest fierce extremes contiguous might distemper the whole frame, and heaven he named the firmament. So even even and morning chorus sung the second day. The earth was formed, but in the womb as yet of waters, Embryon, immature, involved, appeared not over all the face of the earth. Main ocean flowed, not idle, but with warm, prolific humor, softening all her globe. Fermented the great mother to conceive, satiate with genial moisture, when God said, Be gathered now, ye waters under heaven, into one place, and let dry land appear. Immediately the mountains huge appear emergent, and their broad bare backs upheave into the clouds. Their tops ascend the sky, so high as heave the tumid hills, so low down sunk a hollow bottom, broad and deep, capacious bread of bed of waters. Thither they hasted with glad precipitance, unprowled as drops on dust conglobing from the dry. Part rise in crystal wall, a ridge direct, for haste, such flight the great command impressed on the swift fluids as armies at the call of trumpet for of armies thou hast heard troop to their standard so the watery throng wave rolling after wave where way they found if sleep with torrent rapture if through plain soft ebbing not withstood them rock or hill but they or underground or circuit wide with serpent error wandering found their way and on the washy ooze deep channels wore, easy ere god had bid the ground be dry all but within those banks where rivers now stream and perpetual draw their humid train, the dry land earth and the great receptacle of congregated waters he called seas and saw that it was good and said let the earth put forth the verdant grass herb yielding seed, and fruit tree yielding fruit after her kind, whose seed is in herself upon the earth. He scarce had said, when the bare earth till then desert, and bare, unsightly unadorned, brought forth the tender grass, whose verdure clad her universal face with pleasant green, then herbs of every leaf that sudden flowered, opening their various colors, and made gay, her bosom smelling sweet, and these scarce blown forth flourished thick the clustering vine forth crept the smelling gourd up stood the corny reed embattled in her field add the humble shrub and bush with frizzled hair implicit last rose and dance the stately trees and spread their branches hung with copious fruit fruit or gemmed their blossoms with high woods the hills were crowned with tufts the valleys and each fountain side with borders long the rivers, that earth now seemed like to heaven, a seat where gods might dwell, or wander with delight, and love to haunt her sacred shades, though God had not yet rained upon the earth, and man to till the ground none was, but from earth a dewy mist went up, and watered all the ground, and each plant of the field, which e'er it was in the earth God made, and every herb before it grew on the green stem, God saw that it was good, so even Eve and Morn recorded the third day. This will give you an idea of Milton's conception of the um, making of the world and of the universe. And you can see some correspondences with the um, song in the Cimmerillion. And when I say correspondence, I want to once again emphasize that it is not a one-to-one um, use of of um, Milton or Dante uh, that that Tolkien makes in the Cimmerillion rather it's more of a um, it's it's more of a sort of a borrowing that he makes or embellishes because if he just lifted straight from Genesis or from uh, Milton or from Dante he wouldn't be creating and so what what Tolkien was trying to do in the Silmarillion was use these earlier influences and develop from them his own conception of how the um, Valar uh, made um, the world and Middle Earth. And I think he does a great job with that. And um, in the next podcast, we'll talk about the various Valar and um, Mayar um, that that Tolkien um, imagines. Um, And so until next time, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will get something out of it. Thank you very much for listening.